We're just asking that you would reveal more of yourself to us. Cause the eyes of our understanding to be opened. Lord, that we begin to see in the realms of the Spirit the things that you prepared for your people. Lord, that we'd be so overwhelmed by you that nothing else even comes close. Nothing but you, Lord. Nothing but you. Oh, my goodness me. I, um, <clears throat> I'm probably a little bit loud, I guess. I, uh, I just had this, this, this sense, this feeling while we were just in worship about the attitude that we should be bringing into the house of God because we do bring something with us. We do. We all bring something. So is what we are bringing... Enhancing the presence of God in the place? Do we actually bring something that invites more of his presence into the house? Do we prepare our hearts before we come to church? See, before church this morning, I'm just praying, Lord, I just want more of you. It's all I want. More of him. More of an understanding of his ways. More of a... a, a a revelation of who he is and how much he wants us to experience that overwhelming sense of his presence. There has to be more than theory in our Christian walk. There has to be. The early church was not a church of theory. It was a church of experience. And it started with the most amazing experience in God. On that day when the Holy Spirit came, the fire that came into the place, and every person had their own, own it's, 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 See, when, 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 when you have that tangible understanding and expression of the the presence of the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Holy Spirit, the, the purpose of the Holy Spirit. What's he here for? So when we, when we have a, a greater hunger for more of him to have his way, to, to burn brighter, to, to actually fuel that fire with our passion and, and anything that, that is not of him is just consumed by his presence so that we are a people who just hunger for more of him. I personally believe the, the next move of God, whatever you want to call it, how you want to express it, but I believe it's going to come in a way that I, I'm not sure whether it's going to be the the thing that causes us to humble ourselves or whether we're going to humble ourselves and it's going to bring the, the press. It's probably going to be both. But there'll be a lot of knee drill anyway, whichever way we go, because God, God just deserves all the honour and all the respect that we just humble ourselves, that we just, we just recognise that of ourselves we are, we are nothing. But when we come into his presence, we begin to experience the fullness of him. 
It's amazing. It is just, it's overwhelming, the presence of God. There's, a, there's, there's, there's so much to experience in God. And to have an experiential knowledge of God is going to be relational or correlate to your hunger. Your hunger. Your, the, the, the more you recognise the, the ingredients that are required for God to, to come and, and just consume everything within you, humility of heart. God resists pride. Pride is the thing that caused the downfall of the enemy and look at the result of it. We don't want to have anything to do with any form of pride. We want to have such a soft, humble heart before the Lord. And while we're in worship, I was just thinking about these verses in, uh, in Matthew 18 that Jesus was speaking and he said, at the time the disciples came to ask Jesus who is considered to be the greatest in heaven's kingdom realm? Why would you even ask that question? Think about it for a minute. What, what would be the motivation behind that question? Maybe they really wanted to understand more about the kingdom. I don't know, but... It, but why the emphasis on what's the greatest? Who is considered to be the greatest in heaven's kingdom realm? I think it's pretty obvious. It's God. Why, why, sort of, why would you ask that question? Jesus called a little one to his side and said to them, learn this well. Unless you dramatically change your way of thinking and become teachable and learn about heaven's kingdom realm with the wide-eyed wonder of a child, you'll never be able to enter it. Whoever continually humbles himself to become like this gentle child is the greatest one in heaven's kingdom realm. Why? You think about a child. What, what is it about a child that Jesus would say, this, this, this attitude, is what impresses God, this humility, this awe of God, this, this purity, innocence, undefiled, pure heart of a child, so innocent. We, we need to care for that so much and protect our children Sometimes as we get older, we tend to almost disregard that, that innocence of the child. We think, well, we're more mature now. Maybe that's what brought up the question, who's the greatest? I mean, we've been around Jesus for a while now. We've scored a few points. Who's the greatest? The one with the heart of Lord I am just in awe of you. You know, when the, the early church gathered, they had such a, 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 a respect and an honour and, and a fear of God. I guess that's what the fire does. I mean, if you're in a room and you see a fire come on every person in the room, that would do something for you. Well, God wants to open our eyes so we begin to see the fire and recognise who's bringing that fire with them and who's just smouldering. Huh? 
We need the we 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 need the wind, the breath of the Holy Spirit. Every day. Lord, I need your breath. That the breath of the Holy Spirit would just blow the sails of your heart, moving you in a direction that he wants to carry you. There's no striving, there's no struggles, just catch the wind. Catch the wind. Learn how to put your sail to catch the wind. You've got a couple of sails on the end of your shoulders. And if they're yielded to him in worship, boy, there's, there's such, there's such a, 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 a connection in worship with your hands and your arms and just worshipping him. See, the Bible speaks about lifting up holy hands. What makes them holy? It's the attitude of the heart. I'm just surrendered. Stick them up. You know, what's it take? The presence of God. And, and, and it says in the, the book of Acts that they just worshiped God with this awesome reverential fear. They had such an awe of the presence of God. It wasn't about how many people were in the room, it was about Him. And when you've got His presence, even if the screen's not lit up, you can still have His presence. See, I, I just shut my eyes anyway, so it doesn't bother me what's on the screen. It's His presence. And I bring myself into his presence. And we can all do that. If we will just humble our hearts and keep our hearts so, so, Lord, I I long for more of you to show me, to teach me. Lord, I don't want any pride. I don't want anything like that in my heart that's hindering the work of your Holy Spirit. Help me, Lord. Help me to keep my heart right. That's the most important thing. That's our greatest commission. Guard your heart with all diligence. For out of your heart flow the issues of your life. Guard your heart. That's the most important thing. God's given you a garden to cultivate. What's growing in your heart? See, that tree of righteousness starts with a seed that he's put there and he wants you to water it, look after it, tend it. Keep the enemy out of your garden. When when the scriptures talk about Adam and Eve, they were put in the garden and God says, tend the garden or care for the garden or look after the garden. What was the job? I mean, there were no weeds. What do you do in the garden that God's provided where there's no weeds? It's just beautiful. So what do you have to tend? What do you have to do? You keep the snake out. Guard the garden. Keep your heart in that place where you can receive from the Holy Spirit. And what to do, it just brings you into that place of, Lord, you're so, so awesome. So they worship God in awe of his presence. And do you, do you know that, 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 that is, that's like a, a magnet to the presence of God? It just... You know, you can actually walk in the presence of God. You can carry the presence of God with you. You are chosen to walk in him every day. Just see, he, he wants us to be so captivated by him that we're not looking for something else. But when he's the focus, when he's the one, when he's the desire, when he's, he's the one, everything else will be added. Seek first the kingdom of God. What's that mean? Let your heart be expressing that love for him. Lord, I'm just longing for more of you. More of that seed of your word. Lord, I want my garden to be so filled with the, the, the flower of the Holy Spirit just to be, I want everything that you've got, Lord. I want my garden to be so full of the diversity of the Spirit of God. What's your garden look like? Does it look healthy? Has it been watered lately? See, sometimes, sometimes some people's gardens only get a bit of water on a Sunday. You, you know, you need to water your garden every day. You need to tend that garden. You need to keep the other stuff out so that the Holy Spirit has, has access to just 
just, just to keep doing what he wants to do. another scripture I want to read in Matthew it's in Matthew chapter 6 and uh, I think this goes along with it quite well Matthew 6 and verse 1 it's talking about giving with pure motives and uh, it says in verse 1 examine your motives who's the greatest giver in the church Lord (laughs) Lord, you must be impressed. Examine your motives to make sure you're not showing off when you're doing your good deeds, only to be admired by others. Holy Spirit, would you just help every one of us to recognise when that pride issue is trying to Captivate our attention. Lord, that we'd be doing anything to try to gain the accolades or the, 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 the highlights of other people. Lord, we just want you to be our motivation. Lord, that we're not doing things to try and impress other people. We're not saying things to try and make ourselves look good in front of other people. Lord, we just want to humble our hearts, keep our hearts soft before you so that you can be the one who lifts up. Because, Lord, when you do it, it'll be glorious. And, Lord, we want to be part of this glorious church that you're producing. So help us, Lord. Holy Spirit, be very quick. Please come. Help us, every one of us, to be so aware of every thought that's not of you, every thought that's trying to get our focus on us instead of on you, Lord, that we would just be a people purposing to walk in your ways. Holy Spirit, we need your help and we're asking you to remind us, to prompt us when anything's moving us in a direction that's not glorifying you. So when you give to the poor, Don't announce it and make a show of it just to be seen by people like the hypocrites who are in the streets and in the marketplace. They've already received their reward. But when you demonstrate generosity, do it with pure motives. There it is again. And without drawing attention to yourself, give secretly to your father who sees all you do And he'll reward you openly. So it's a lifestyle of presenting myself and saying, Lord, I need you to show me, to lead me, to guide me, to help me, direct me, that I can be a person so responsive to your Holy Spirit that I trust you with everything that I have so that when you speak, I'm just, yes, Lord. I want to do it your way. I want to do it your way, Lord. See, it's not not difficult to do things God's way. It is not difficult to obey the word of God. I said to you the other day, I said that the scripture actually says, loving Jesus empowers you to be obedient. So we've got to get our eyes off ourselves and being impressed by ourselves and being impressed by what he's doing and what he's done and what he's going to do for each one of us and just submit it all to him. Just such a humble heart, Lord. I want to experience everything you have for me so everything I have belongs to you so you can direct me with everything I do. I just want to be pleasing you. And then we're going to find so much of his presence 
coming back to absolutely satisfy every area of our life. Satisfaction only comes from him. People are trying to fill that void in the heart with so many things in the world. They spend their whole life trying to fill that void. And it's only possible for that void to be filled with Jesus. It's a God component that's in our DNA, that's the Jesus factor in us, God in us, and it can only be satisfied by the fulfilment of that humbleness of receiving him and walking in the fullness of what he's done for us. Totally satisfied, not looking to anybody or anything to to supply anything else because he'd done it all. And when we realise that seeking first the kingdom of God is on our knees in humility, Lord, I just, whatever you want, it's all yours. See, whatever you've got, he's given you anyway, so why not trust him to do more? But he's going to respond according to what you do with what you have. And if you're faithful in the little things, he knows that you'll be faithful in the much, so he's going to get it ready for you. He's preparing it for you. If you could see what he's got in store, you wouldn't hang on to what you have. You'd swap it. I mean, I enjoy my car. But if somebody offered me the latest Ferrari in exchange, I'd probably be tempted. It might be a golf stick for you. I don't know. It's getting a little bit overwhelming, the golf support of the house now. I'm going to have to start talking about football or something else to balance things out a little bit. Had a good win. But you see... Isn't it interesting, the pride factor that's trying to get spewed out in the world now? And they're calling that stuff pride. Boy, is that ever a a sign that the world is heading so far in the wrong direction? In awe, they worship God. Like that childlike expectation. You know, when your child makes something for you, maybe a Mother's Day card or a Father's Day, or whatever it is, just a little note. Just expressing their heart to you. That is precious. It only has value for you. But are are we expressing that which is of value to him from our heart? That's what we want to do. That's the connection we want to make. Loving Jesus makes it easy to walk in obedience to the truth. Just keep our focus on him and let him be the one who leads and guides. I tell you, he has got some absolutely awesome, amazing things he wants to show you here upon this earth. Before it's all over, we're going to see the most powerful demonstration of the Holy Spirit on this planet and we want to be part of it. Imagine being a part of that, the greatest thing that God's ever going to do on this planet and he wants us to enjoy it to be part of it. Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for your word that you're impressing upon our hearts just to help each one of us to be prepared by your work, by your word, by your spirit, that you can just breathe upon the sails of our heart and lead us in the direction you want us to go, to bring us into that place, Lord, that, that paradise with you, walking in the Spirit, talking in the Spirit, living in the realms of your presence, Lord. Lord, would you just quicken our understanding, cause us to be so willing to say, yes, Lord, speak. Let it be unto me according to your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah.
Lucas. Glory to God. <clears throat> yeah, I sent Jeffrey a message on Thursday. <clears throat> I asked him if, um, if he enjoyed the pretty socks his football team was wearing. Yeah. Hallelujah. I want to talk this morning about a subject that we don't often talk about. Um, and I've got a title for this message and it's got Death Has No Sting Death Has No Sting don't often talk about death do we? no it's a funny thing Hebrews 9.27 out of the Passion says every human being is appointed to die once so if we've got nothing else in common if we're not here when Jesus returns, we will, we will have that experience in common. We have an appointment. It's a common human experience. We don't talk about it. Now, we, we see it as being a bad thing, and, and so it is, because death is linked with sin. Death didn't come in until sin came in. And the Bible says that it is the last enemy. It's the last thing to be put under our feet. It's the last thing to be conquered. <clears throat> but have we conquered it already? Is it conquered? Is it conquered in our life personally? Interesting question, isn't it? Um, if you've got your Bibles, Matthew chapter 26. <clears throat> if we get this one settled in our own hearts then, man, we just, take, we just take some things, we take some restrictions off our life. Yeah. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 26 and verse 31. <clears throat> Along the way, Jesus said to them, before the night is over, you will all desert me. This will fulfill the prophecy of the scripture that says, I will strike down the shepherd and all the sheep will be scattered far and wide. But after I'm risen, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and will meet you there. Then Peter spoke up, old Peter, and said, even if all the rest lose their faith and fall away, I will still be beside you, Jesus. Are you sure, Peter? Jesus said. Even if all the rest, sorry, in fact, before the rooster crows a few hours from now, you will have denied me three times. Peter replied, I absolutely will never deny you, even if I have to die with you. And all the others said the same thing. And we know what happened that when Jesus uh, was there in the garden and, and they came for him with their clubs and whatever and swords and they all scattered, they all left. So it's okay to say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. But when faced with it, they all fled. And you think, well, why did they all flee? Why did they all flee? I mean, there, there was a, there was a, a thought in them that, that we're going to stay with you, Jesus. We, we're, going to, we're going to be there for you. Even if I have to die, I'm going to be there for you. But when it was tested, phew, gone. <laughs> they all ran away. It's fear of death. It's fear of death. It's what it is. It's fear of death. And look, we see through scriptures that there are, there are countless examples of ones that when faced with death... They said, oh, whatever, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. 
they were faced with death. The circumstances that they were presented to them in the natural thinking, there was no possibility of escaping death other than God steps in, and he did. But they said that their, 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 their confession was, our God is able to, but even if he doesn't, we're not bound down to that thing. <laughs> no fear of death. Daniel was the same. You know, he knew what was going to happen when he prayed because they'd set him up. He knew what was going to happen. And yet he knew what the king's decree was. And yet, I'm still going to pray. <laughs> I'm still going to pray. No fear of death. Glory to God. Glory to God. You, know, you get the, um, the likes of Stephen. I don't know if Stephen knew exactly what was going to happen, but it didn't matter when he, when he, when he spoke um, before the, the, the ones that were accusing him of all, all manner of things. But his attitude was all for the glory of God. Whatever was going to happen, it was all for the glory of God. So <clears throat> Paul is, a, is, an, is an interesting one. And um, his, uh, you know, the things that he faced and the, the, um, the opportunities of, of death that, that um, were presented to him, um, it was it was time and again through his ministry, right from the start of his ministry. As soon as he was he was, he was turned um, and and um, accepted Jesus, was filled with the Holy Spirit. He began to show from the scriptures in the place that he was that Jesus was the Christ, and and they were after him right from that point. <laughs> but in um, in Philippians, Paul writes. So Philippians chapter one. Paul writes uh, in verse 20. No matter what, I will continue to hope and passionately cling to Christ so that he will be openly revealed through me before everybody's eyes. So I will not be ashamed. In my life or in my death, Christ will be magnified in me. My true life is, is the anointed one. And dying means gaining more of him. That was his attitude. So here's my dilemma. Each day I, I live means bearing more fruit in my ministry. So Paul knew that what God had given him and he knew that in speaking of his experience and in speaking of the truth that he knew from Scripture, he was bringing people into the kingdom of God. There was fruit from his ministry. Yet, <clears throat> I fervently long to be liberated from this body and fully joined to Christ. You get that? That would suit me fine. But the greatest advantage to you would be that I remain alive. So you can see why I'm torn between the two. I don't know which I prefer. <laughs> I mean, really? Really? That's his attitude towards death. So how could he be so carefree, carefree regarding his own death? How could he be so carefree? No fear. No fear. How can we have no fear? Perfect love casts out all fear. It says that in 1 John 4.18. Who is perfect love? <laughs> it's Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is perfect love. The more that love grows in us, the less the world can hang on to us, the, 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 even to our life. Even to life. Now, anyone can do religion and, and that doesn't really help. 
Because religion does not require relationship. You can do religion without relationship. So what we're talking about is a love relationship between ourselves and Jesus. That's what it is. So what he did to produce this relationship and what it accomplishes, we can, we can read about. Because it's very, very clear. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Now that's been coming out strongly over quite some time now. It's our love relationship with Jesus. It is paramount. It is the central point. It is the, it is the only thing that matters because everything else comes from that. You take that out, you can have all the stuff, but it doesn't matter. It's our love relationship with Jesus. Hebrews chapter 2, <clears throat> verse 14. Since all his children, that's us, have flesh and blood, so Jesus became human to fully identify with us. He did this so that we could experience <clears throat> so that he could experience death and annihilate the effects of the intimidating accuser who holds us sorry who holds against us the power of death by embracing death jesus sets free those who their entire lives who sorry who live their entire lives in bondage to the tormenting dread of death Death is a torment to so many people. So many people, even Christian people. Death is a, you know, ask Jesus into their heart, but, but that, that love relationship is, is, is either not developed or not strong, that death is still, still an issue. Now, when I'm, when I'm talking about that, um, you know, you're saying, well, you, know, you, you don't want to be careless with your life. No, you don't. No, you don't want to be careless. You know, there are responsibilities that we have. Yes, there are. Now, I don't want to leave just at the minute because I've got some little pe- <laughs> I've got some little people that I'm just loving being around. Um, Quinny just turned two, and um, he got his uh, he got a set of golf clubs for his <laughs> from his father, not from me, not from me. And um, yes, two-year-old. No, 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 not enough said. No, no. <clears throat> he um, he got his. He was two on Tuesday, and he, he got this set of golf clubs. And then, of course, it rained, <clears throat> and he's not allowed to use golf clubs inside anymore. <laughs> not even the plastic ones. So, but these are real ones. And anyway, comes um, comes Friday. Bit of good weather, well, decent weather. He gets out, he's two year old. He gets out and he takes his driver and his tea. He knows what to do with the tea. And he hits 40 golf balls with his driver, one after another. And his mother and grandmother are just sort of sitting watching <laughs> his little bloke hit golf balls. So I don't want to go just at the moment because, um, you know, there's, there's things to do. However, do I trust God enough? That if I was put in that situation, whatever that might be, do I trust God enough that he'll look after everything? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I think that's where we, you know, we've all got to come to that point. And if we do, when death has no power over you, okay, what does that mean? You don't fear it. We don't fear Death. You become a weapon in the hand of God. (laughs) You do. You actually become a weapon. You will do and say and be who he made you to be and say and do because there's no safety position. There is no safety position. When you have no fear of death, you will live in true freedom. The freedom that allows you to operate at a spiritual level instead of a natural one. 
That's what, that's what Stephen was doing. He didn't have the fear of death, so he was operating at that spiritual level. You know, um, just recently I heard <clears throat> a retired lieutenant colonel, retired, retired, <laughs> retired um, lieutenant colonel, um, SAS, you know, in the army, and he was talking about um, soldiers. And he said, the most effective soldiers consider themselves to be dead already. They know that that could happen at any time and they've come to terms with that and they say, right, okay, that could happen at any time. Having done that, they can operate in a greater freedom and they make better decisions. And through that better decision-making they're actually more likely to stay alive. But they've actually given over and say, okay, this could happen, come to terms with that, and this is where we're going. And if we can do that on a spirit, imagine we do that on a spiritual level. My goodness. So the spiritual application of that can be found in, in uh, or one of them, in, uh, in Romans chapter 6. We'll read that. Romans chapter 6. And, you know, and you know, the Bible says first the natural, then the spiritual. So if we get this squared away, that my, my life is in God. Doesn't matter the circumstances, my life is in God. My, 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 my relationship my love relationship with Jesus is developing. It's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. The things of the world are becoming less and less more uh, uh, important. And that whole, that fear of death is just diminishing. It's just, it's just going away. As we get that squared away, then there's a, there's a greater opportunity for God to be able to use us and this is the spiritual application. Verse 1 of chapter 6. <clears throat> so then what do we do then? Do we persist in sin so that God's kindness and grace will increase? What a terrible thought. We have died to sin once for all as a dead man passes away from this life. So how could we live under sin's rule a moment longer? Or have you forgotten that all of us who were immersed into union with Jesus, the anointed one, were immersed into union with his death? So talking about baptism there. Sharing in his death by our baptism means that we were co-buried and entombed with him. So that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were raised, also raised with him. We have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. For since we are permanently grafted into him to experience a death like his, then we are permanently grafted into him to experience a resurrection like his, and the new life that it imparts. Could it be any clearer that our former identity is now and forever deprived of its power? For we were co-crucified with him to dismantle the stronghold of sin within us so that we would not continue to live one moment longer submitted to sin's power. Obviously, a dead man, dead man, dead person is incapable of sinning. You now, you, you would have heard me say that before. Dead people don't sin. A dead person, you, you, you will not offend them. You cannot offend a dead person. Not going to happen. Obviously, a dead person is incapable of sinning. And if we were co-crucified with the anointed one, we know that we will also share in the fullness of his life. 
And we know that since the anointed one has been raised from the dead to die no more, his resurrection life has vanquished death and its power over him is finished. For by his sacrifice he died to sin's power once and for all. But now he lives continuously for the Father's pleasure. So, verse 11, so let it be the same way with you. So let it be the same way with you. Since you are now joined with him, you must continually view yourselves as dead and unresponsive to sin's appeal while living daily for God's pleasure in union with Jesus, the anointed one. Consider yourself dead to sin. Consider yourself dead to sin. Now, look, I've, I've spoken with people over the time and, um, and you know, they might have a, an issue that, that is in their life and they know it's sin. I've even had somebody tell me that, that but they actually enjoy They actually enjoy it. They enjoy, actually enjoy the sin. And, uh, and you think, well, okay, what's going on there? What, what is actually going on there? They actually haven't died, have they? Well, they haven't identified with what Jesus has done. They, that, that, that relationship, that love relationship is not there. If you've got a if you've got a, a relationship, a love re, love relationship, husband and wife, and one one of those people decides to involve themselves in a in an adulterous relationship, what does that say about the love relationship between the husband and wife? It's not it's not there. It's not there, and you know you hear, you know you hear it that oh you know I I just you know the devil made me do it or whatever. Um, the love relationship is not there. You can use whatever excuse you like, but the love relationship is not there. Because if the love relationship was there was there, you would not consider doing anything that would hurt. Your spouse. You wouldn't do it. It's and and our 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 love relationship with Jesus, if that is if that is true, it's it's developing, it's it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger, then then we would actually not do anything that would Hurt the one that we love. Yeah. Now I know there's I know there's there's grace. <laughs> there is absolute grace, yeah. and you know we live in a broken world. We live in a world of sin and and all of that. And and we are developing. God is developing us. He is drawing us closer. And you know those um, those things. Those things happen. Shouldn't they do? But that doesn't that doesn't take away the, the 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 point of of if our love is developing with our Lord, that we will not we will not want to um, do anything that would grieve Him. And if we've still got a, a, a desire or a love for sin, then you've got to come back to that, where, where are we in our relationship? Because something's wrong. <laughs> Something's seriously, seriously long, wrong, wrong in, that, um, in that relationship. So consider yourselves dead to sin. And you look, we can t- you know, the things that we struggle with, we can take them um, to Jesus. And we can be honest. Yeah, you read the Psalms. David was honest. I'm struggling with this. Help me, Lord. 
you know, a, a relationship, a good relationship, it's, 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 it's centred on communication. And God wants us to come to him with all that we are, warts and all. And in doing that, we, we're not hiding things. We're, we're just being open before God and allowing him to, to adjust and, and to draw us closer and, and to, to deal with those things. So as we, as we take that attitude, as we take that attitude we, and we understand that we have been crucified with Christ and raised in newness of life, and as we consider ourselves to be dead, to sin, but alive to God, there, there are some things that come from that. There are some actual things that we will, we will see in our life. I will stop protecting myself and let God protect me. Yeah. Now, if someone breaks into my house in the middle of the night, I do have a baseball bat. So you, you understand what I'm saying. If so, <laughs> I'm protecting my wife. I stop protecting myself and let God protect me. So it's being vulnerable instead of being guarded. Now, there's, look, in all these things, there's wisdom. Okay? So you don't be vulnerable in front of, in, in, to somebody who, who, you know, who's going to turn around and, and um, take advantage of that. But there is a vulnerability that, that God wants within his people that we can actually share with, with, with trusted, with people that you know, we've grown in relationship and, and you know, that God has put us in relationship with that, um, uh, that can be trusted. But there's a vulnerability that he's looking for instead of that, that guardedness. Because when, we, when we're guarded, when we, we, we hold it all in, well, it's just a it's just a facade. It's just a you know this is my this is my church face, <laughs> you know, and yet the things that that really need to get dealt with don't get dealt with, in when we're guarded instead of vulnerable. I stop trusting myself and put my trust in God. <laughs> and you know that that whole fear of death thing is 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 right in there. I stop speaking for myself and let God speak through me. I stop listening to what people say about me and listen to what God says about me. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very powerful place to be because the enemy's always chirping away and the enemy chirps away through people. And I stop looking to my own needs and look to the needs of others. Start allowing God to use me in, uh, in the kingdom. And Paul writes in Romans 14 verse 8, While we live, we must live for our master. And in death, we must bring honour to him. So dead or alive, we belong to our master. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I don't know why we don't talk about death more. But I think that'll be a good subject for the next men's group. What do you reckon? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Death. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, there's so many things that, that we just don't understand. There are so much that you have. Lord, so much in store, so much to come that we just understand a tiny, tiny little bit of it. And Lord, just as just as a as a as a parent would 
would try and explain something to a, a three or four-year-old and, and need to put it in the words that they understand. So, so are, are we before you and, and, the, and, the, and the difference is so much greater. And Lord, you, you present your word to us, you present the truth to us. Lord, in, in ways that, that, that we can grasp, but there is so much more. So Father, help us with just this area. Lord, if we've not thought about it previously or, or, or it's something that, that we have put aside and, and, and shunned to think about, Lord, help us come to terms with our um, humanity. Lord, that, um, that we do have an appointment at some point um, with death. But Lord, you've conquered death. And Lord, the life that we now live, we can live in the resurrection power that you have produced, Lord, that you have, have died and, and given us that resurrection power, that hope of the resurrection. So Father, just, uh, just help us on a, in, on a daily basis, Lord, to understand. And Lord, more so to come into that closer and closer and closer relationship because we know that that's the thing that will help us Lord that will promote us Lord that will 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 take us on in our walk with you so father we just ask these things in in Jesus wonderful name amen amen we're, now we're going to have communion so if you have not got your <coughs> little cup just up the back or on there hallelujah That, um, that passage that we just read out of, out of Romans really sums it up, doesn't it? Consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God. You know, we had a former identity. It was one that the Bible says um, birthed in, in sin. But when we were born again, we had a new nature. We've given it a new identity. We are a new creation, the Bible says. All things have become new. And our identity now is found in him. That's the truth. Our identity is found in him. Everything outside of that is a lie. And we, we only empower the liar when we believe the lie as we reject the lie he has no power hallelujah and what Jesus did in his death and resurrection enabled that new birth it enabled that new birth hallelujah so what was accomplished? Freedom. Freedom. I'll swap you, Dennis. Oh, oh you got that off. That's the tricky bit. <laughs> Glory be to God. I can see the problem, Dennis. <laughs> well, it does say that he was crushed. 
and there was purpose in it. And the purpose was complete freedom. Complete freedom. Have we come into the fullness of that? No, we haven't. We haven't. Is there more available than what we've experienced to this point? Yes, there is. There is. There is healing for our body because he took the stripes upon him and that says by his stripes we are healed. As we believe that, there's an opportunity for God to do that because that's the truth. And sin was dealt with. We read it. Sin was dealt with. The power of sin. And yet that last enemy, death, it was dealt with. The power of the, of, of the fear of death was dealt with. Do we believe that? As we believe that, then we are liberated. We are free in him. And we can operate at a much greater level. Because the restriction of fear is gone. Fear restricts. As fear is dealt with, the restrictions are gone and we can operate as God has, has, has designed and, and purposed for us to do. And that's individually because he has different things for each of us to do. But we all are one body. So hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you. Lord, that you gave your body. Lord, you gave everything that you are that we could be free in you. So, Father, we just, uh, we just thank you. We love you, Lord, and we believe in all that you have done and we receive it now. Let's, let's eat together. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Glory to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, you shed your blood to bring us back into relationship with the Father. And Lord, we, we are eternally grateful. Lord, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Hallelujah. Let's drink together. Mm, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen and amen. So after we, um, we're going to have some announcements in a moment. Um, after we finish, if there's anything that, um, that you want um, prayer for this morning, um, yeah, please feel free to, to come. And we will pray with you. good great I think we've had a very blessed morning with some wonderful words from Jeff and Tim so thank you I feel like we're going to be challenged and um, lots to grow if we take that on um, some announcements this week I actually don't have anything here but uh, there's no playgroup tomorrow it's public holiday uh, Tuesday night we have our ladies night at Rose's house at 7 30 um, and we're reading chapter 7 of our study book. Wednesday night church prayer meeting at 7.30 here. Uh, Thursday morning is a prayer meeting in the William room for the school so if you can come along that's also good. Um, I think that's all for the week but we also have our monthly newsletter so if you haven't received the email there are copies of these out on the table. Feel free to grab one and have a read. Um, I've had a read. Tim's part on humility is really good, so feel free to grab that and have a read. It's good. And it has all the notices on the month as well, so you can put them on your calendar. Um, and just lastly, we have um, parenting sessions coming up starting next term. So if you know any families who might be interested or you are interested, just grab one of these as well out on the front table. We're doing a study on loving our kids on purpose by Danny Silk. So 
that's going to be really good, Sunday afternoons. So generally people are free. Um, bring your lunch. We're going to have lunch together and then get into that. And there's free child minding. So all sorted. Um, have a really good week. Day off tomorrow for most of you, I think, hopefully. Enjoy. And um, we'll see you next week. Oh, yep. One more. Um, and that's just the uh, men's T-shirts. The Just keep turning up. Um, we're going to put in an order after the this morning. Um, so there's, uh, I think there was a minimum of, um, of 10. I think we're past, uh, past that. Um, but yeah, so it's the, just keep turning up. See Catherine at the, um, at the coffee desk there, the square out there. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Lord bless you.